Welcome back. Former Republican State Senator Tanya Schutmaker is our guest. She's about to become the co-director of the Michigan Political Leadership Program. Our lead story, the president comes to T.C., why? On the OTR panel, Chad Livengood, Shana Roth, and Zoe Clark sitting with us as we get the inside out Off the Record. Production of Off the Record is made possible in part by the following. Business Leaders for Michigan has a strategic plan to make Michigan a top 10 state in the nation for jobs, personal income, and a healthy economy. Learn more at michigansroadtotop10.com. And now, this edition of Off the Record with Tim Skubik. Welcome back to our Zoom edition of Off the Record, and our days are numbered. I am told that on August the 6th, please circle that on your calendar, I will no longer be alone in this studio. I am looking so much forward to this, guys. Good morning to Z and to Shana and Chad. Uh, Shana, the president came to Traverse City to apparently buy cherry pies. What was that trip all about, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it seemed like an interesting trip. I was actually in Traverse City at the time. Uh, not for that. We were just happened to be having a vacation. But he came smack dab in the middle of the Cherry Festival in the 4th of July weekend to, as you said, he bought some pies. He had some cherry soda. He walked around a cherry orchard. He shook some hands. He talked to the governor and some other lawmakers. And, you know, it was part of sort of this effort by the president to encourage vaccination rates, to encourage people to get out and get vaccinated. Now, he went to one of the areas in Michigan that has that one of the highest vaccination rates. Uh, So I think, you know, this was probably a little bit of that, but it was probably also just a little bit of recognizing that Michigan is a very crucial state for the Democratic Party, not just for the president, for his upcoming election in a few years, but for our own elections that are coming up very soon. So I think it was also probably an effort just to keep that, an effort to keep sort of like Democratic momentum going and to let people know, hey, here's the president. He appreciates Michigan. He knows Michigan's a big deal. Zoe, what did you think? By the way, Zoe is speaking to us for the beautiful state of Pennsylvania. You have the Pennsylvania Bureau this morning. How is it there? Pretty good? I do have the Pennsylvania Bureau as well as, you know, Marriott Chic uh, behind yes. me. Yes, we are We are uh, one week late. Uh, Shana was traveling last week. We are traveling this week. Um, yeah, this was all part of the Biden administrations. And again, these sort of appearances, right, of back to normal. It wasn't just him traveling. He, uh, Jill Biden, Kamala Harris. Uh, the second gentleman and as well as administration officials, you know, and doing that kind of barbecue and fireworks and parades. Um, look, you know, Biden did not get to the 70 percent uh, nationwide vaccination. Uh, that was the goal. Uh, and neither, of course, did Governor Whitmer. Um, and thus, you know, as we well know, decided to open things up anyway, uh, much earlier. And I think it's sort of this indication that we have sort of started stalled in this number of how many folks are going to get vaccinated. Um, the latest uh, Senate Fiscal Agency report now says if we use the numbers, it won't be till next year uh, that we get to that sort of critical point. Um, but the appearances matter of Biden getting to say, along with his Democratic cohorts, look, you know, we have gotten past this. We are through. Um, and as Governor Whitmer has been saying, you know, enjoy this pure Michigan summer. Chad, what did you make of this trip? It was a little odd. Everybody sort of thought there might be a rally uh, in the middle of Cherry Festival. Probably not a good logistical idea if you wanted to make friends and, and not enemies. But what, what was your take on this event? 
Well, I think it uh, was a little creative on the White House's part to get outside of, of uh, normal metropolitan areas. Uh, it would have been predictable if Biden had gone to Grand Rapids or Biden had gone to Troy um, or, or Detroit. And and so he kind of goes off the uh, the normal beaten path uh, and into a place that actually has some 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 resonance as far as showing sort of the vast differences in where we are on this on this effort to vaccinate. Um, in Grand Traverse County, that's flanked by two counties, one to the east and one to the west, that's just shorter to show, illustrate what's going on. Kalkaska County to the east, 48% of, 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 of people over 16 are, are vaccinated. In Leelanau County, 76% of people uh, are vaccinated. I believe it's the be it's the highest vaccinated rate in, uh, of any county in Michigan. So you get really an interesting tale of two counties just within 40 miles of each other. Um, and it really helps kind of drive home the point that this virus doesn't know any county borders. Uh, and it will very well, you know, work its way back into Kalkaska, Antrim County, uh, and possibly, you know, in, in, in more rural areas um, that uh, where this the vaccination rates are really, really still lagging. And speaking of Antrim County, you do have to wonder, was there a little low key trolling there, right? With <laughs> Joe Biden <laughs> being, yeah, being the, sort uh, of... <laughs> <laughs> scene of the crime, right? Uh, right. Um, all the uh, election conspiracies have revolved around Antrim County plus Edison County, which doesn't exist, by the way. Um, but um, yeah, I mean th that does that did have some symbolism to, to political insiders that uh, here's the president of the United States uh, picking cherries in Antrim County, while the conspiracy theorists are still, you know, uh, circling around around Elk uh, Elk Lake trying to figure out, uh, you know, uh, how 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 the election might have been stolen which it wasn't. Let me quickly give you the backstory as to why that farm, why that time, why this family, and it's a long story. It starts with the family has a brother whose name is Mike. He did a video on climate change. He's a skier and a farmer and was laying out somebody on the Biden team a year ago, saw the video, called up this family and said, listen, can we send up a camera crew to your farm to interview you? And the family ended up in a commercial for Joe Biden for president. So then after that, Jill Biden, Jill Biden shows up. They call the same family. Listen, can we come up and send her? So now they, who, what family in this country can boast that they've had both the first lady, about to be first lady, and the president on their farm picking cherries? What a, what a get. What a get. Nobody else could do that. <laughs> All right. Talk about getting. Getting out was Chief Craig, the former Detroit police chief, gave a little speech, Shana, down in Jackson. And did it move the needle? I mean, he has not officially declared that he's running for governor. That being said, during his speech, he said all of the right things to say if you are somebody who wants to run on the Republican ticket for governor. He talked about gun control or, you know, being against gun control. He talked about uh, how Governor Whitmer has done all of the wrong things with with these order with the covid orders and the lockdown. And so, I mean, I think he really although he kept saying, you know, I have not officially I'm not saying that I'm running for governor. I think it's very clear that this is the type of speech you give if you are planning to run for governor. And, you know, he he checks a lot of boxes. You know, he's he's in the Detroit for Republicans. He's in the Detroit area. He's a former police chief. Um, you know, he 
can say that he kind of used to be a, he has a story where he kind of used to be a Democrat, but then he saw the light and wants to be a Republican. Anyway, he is a Republican now and believes in a lot of conservative values. Um, you know, I don't know that he has the name recognition statewide that the Republican Party might be hoping for when it comes to their gubernatorial candidate. Um, but he's off to a fairly decent start with this speech. And then he got in the truck and left, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he's not taking questions yet. Uh, and that's sort of the, um, the, 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 um, the key litmus test in our crowd is, okay, when are you going to start answering some questions about who you are, what do you believe in, um, what do you think happened in the 2020 election? You know, mm -hmm. do you believe that Trump uh, is correct, that the election was stolen? I mean, uh, some just sort of basic things uh, he will have to face at some point. Um, and, I, you know, the way these, these gubernatorial campaigns usually roll out is you get some soft type of, of events like this in June and July. You do something more formal in August. And then you show up at Mackinac Island in late September and hope to be coronated. Uh, and that, and that's also the story here too, is, is the Michigan Republican Party trying to coronate uh, James Craig uh, to be its nominee? Ron Weiser, the chairman, uh, you know, said that's not the case. Uh, we should also note that another piece of news this week is um, from late last Friday, big, huge news dump. Ron Weiser had to pay $200,000 fine for this whole incident into 2018 where he paid off, uh, and it's definitive now, it's not an allegation, he paid off Stan Grott to drop out of the Secretary of State's office, paid him $230,000. It was a contract, it was signed, it was, it was witnessed by his chief of staff, Colleen Perrow. It all came out uh, in the settlement with the Secretary of State's office, but all the Denials by by Weiser and the Republican Party a few months ago when when Laura Cox, the former chairwoman, went public with this, uh, that all those denials just kind of dissolved this week when we saw this sort of breathtaking contract that had really a, an air of old school politics attached with a gag order uh, that that prevented Stan Grott from speaking. So you got two different things happening here where um, we now have evidence of Ron Weiser paying people to drop out of races. And then Ron Weiser sort of seemingly promoting um, the, uh, James Craig to be the potential candidate for, for governor. Well, now it looks like the attorney general may get into this, which will make it very, very interesting. But basically, I think the chief is borrowing a, a page from the Dick DeVos uh, playbook when he ran for governor. He did it in outstate Michigan. He had every little newspaper town in the world where he knew he would not get any, if with all deference to the newspapers out state, wouldn't get a lot of hardball questions. So he took it on the road, got his legs, and then he came back to the real people and tried to, uh, to move his thing. But what did you make of the speech, Z? Yeah, I mean, it, it, as Shana said, it hit every single point that it needed to, close to about half an hour. Um, there were some points where the sentences just felt like it was a little bit of like a bingo card of conservative speeches, right? Of like, yep, check. Check, check. And then, of course, I think it was twice that he flashed that he was carrying, right, and talked about um, the Second Amendment. Um, look, it was it, it's interesting, whereas the dynamic, as I talked about earlier, of Biden trying to show that, you know, life is back to normal. To me, there was something about seeing 
this uh, this sort of political theater, right? And Ron Weiser there, Mishan Maddock is there, Mike Shirky is there, the Senate Majority Leader. Um, I don't know how many folks noticed John Yob in the background for political insiders who know, you know, like we're talking about, is he, is he not going to run? Yeah, John Yab is there. Um, so, you know, I, I think if anything, those appearances made it feel like it was summer again in Michigan, getting back to sort of that old school campaigning. And yeah, I think it was interesting that Weiser was basically like, we're going to have a primary. Um, I think there's been a sense for a while among folks that that is not what he wanted to do. So let's see if a primary actually happens or not, or if this sort of anointment of James Craig does happen, right? And um, I think he's got he's got some work to do to answer some questions, and he hasn't done that yet. Um, but I assume that they think that there's there's going to be time. And for conservative voters, let's not forget James Craig has been on Fox News in the past like little bit like twenty times. So it's not like conservative voters um, or voters who are plugged into conservative media don't know who who James Craig is. Yeah, I don't think everybody in the Republican field has read the memo, secret memo from Mr. Weiser, if there was one, that basically said this is this is the, this is the person we want. Okay, please everybody. Take a take a long vacation. Uh, th this is not going to be a coronation, Chad. Uh, this uh, not no, everybody's going to fall in line on this thing and say, "Oh yes, sir, let's uh, let's go with the chief." Right. Well, it, it was sort of surprising that Mishan Maddock, uh, the co-chair of the Michigan Republican Party, um, uh, arguably you know the one of the leaders of of the conservative grassroots movement in Michigan, that she was there because uh, she's going to have to go back to the grassroots and uh, explain herself a little bit. Uh, why are you sort of palling around with Wiser at this uh, um, at this seemingly establishment um, uh, oriented? Um, event now, John Yob, uh, the political consultant, he he obviously does sometimes, not often, um, picks someone who is not the establishment pick. He he just he he hitched his wagon to a guy named Rick Snyder when everybody thought that was crazy, and 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 so it, he you know he's he's done this before, and it's clear he's he's playing a role in in sort of the um, trying to move Craig to the top of the of the list. But, you know, the Garrett Sadatnos and others who are on the real conservative grassroots folks that are running for governor out there, um, you know, they're going to be uh, going back to their to their little bases and, and sort of maybe questioning why uh, Mishan Maddock, uh, the, the, the Trump Republican of all Trump Republicans, is out uh, doing an event like this uh, before even James Craig is actually officially a candidate. All right. Before we call on our guests, one little quick note, one name that I picked up this week of possibly looking at running for governor. You guys are going to love this. Betsy DeVos, okay? Uh, but I did some checking. I did what good reporters do, and apparently it's not true. But the fact that that was even out there, I think, underscores the angst in the ranks and file of the Republicans and others, the players, that this Craig thing is not a done deal. All right, let's call in the former state Senator Tanya Schutmaker. Senator, good to see you. Uh, you are now going to become the co-director of a program to teach people how to play politics and get elected. Wow. Why did you want to do that? Well, um, I'm excited. It's a world-class curriculum, and so I'm excited to bring my experience, uh, both as a lawmaker and a citizen, uh, to the program. I believe I have a lot to offer. Uh, the program helps uh, people not only in, in politics, but also um, leaders in their community. It's really a leadership development program. Z, you got a question? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking a little bit um, earlier, obviously, about Antrim County and this sort of mythology within some uh, Republican uh, groups that uh, election fraud uh, uh, happened and occurred and that Joe Biden was not uh, actually elected president. Do you believe that this this president, Joe Biden, is indeed the president and that there was not election fraud? And after that, I have one follow up, too. What I would have to say about that is the clerks over in West Michigan, where I live, are have high integrity. Uh, they do their jobs well. Um, I used to sit on the board of canvassers, so I know that the vote totals in the poll book um, as well need to match. And uh, by the most part, I believe it's uh, matches in most counties. Um, I will say, though, that there were problems um, that are concerning maybe over in Detroit. And I think you heard Mayor Duggan before the 2020 election, as well as um, the Garland, the Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilcrest. Uh, suggest that there are problems over in the Detroit area and the poll books never seem to balance over there. So I'm encouraged that the Senate is taking a lead on packages uh, to make sure that, you know, we ensure voter ID, uh, that we pre-register 16 and 17 year olds and a number of reforms. But you believe that Joe Biden is indeed the elected president. Joe Biden is our president. Shane So you're going to be working with uh, students who are interested in politics. And my question is, what is your view on the January insurrection at the Capitol? I know that Democrats have been trying, in Michigan, have been trying to put together some sort of a committee to look into involvement by uh, Michiganders. Where do you stand on that? Uh, a lot of Republicans have been trying to sort of move on from that and say it's over. Let's just keep going. I mean, as somebody who's going to be working with students, how are you going to talk about that? And and do we should there be more investigation into that? Well, we're a nation of laws. So the people that uh, broke into the Capitol and obviously need to be prosecuted. And there's a you know, we have three branches of government and there's a branch of government to deal with the lawbreakers of that day. Um, I think it's important, though, Republicans look forward um, and offer solutions um, specifically for the state of Michigan and then also whoever is going to be our nominee uh, in four years for president. Chad? Um, Tanya, just a little like perspective on your time and your service uh, in the in the legislature. Um how, how are you feeling now about our system of governance? Uh, is it working? Um, uh, how would you improve it? Um, would you keep term limits, get rid of them, get, you know, extend them? You know, what's, what's sort of your you know, post-office uh, um, uh, thoughts about this? Well, I actually have always said about term limits uh, from the first time I ran is that it was a referendum by the people. And so the people, if they don't like term limits, they should get rid of Michigan's term limits. I had the benefit of coming in because my predecessor was term limited. And uh, so I think it would be self-serving for any lawmaker to decide otherwise. And so I really believe that it needs to come from the people to adjust any term limits. Um, I, uh, will say, you know, I think that, uh, my time of the legislature is I believe that our system works. It's not always perfect, uh, by no means, but, you know, I do think that, uh, the two party system works to come together to find solutions for everyday working, hardworking families of Michigan. <laughs> 
Did you support term limits? Um, gosh, that was back in like 93. Um, I think I did, actually. I probably might vote differently um, today, but I think I did vote for term limits. So you were misguided on your first vote. I, I might have been. <laughs> well, sometimes uh, I am wrong, Tim. Do you, <laughs> but, do you but, think but, that it? All right. Uh, and now I, I do have to ask you about Donald Trump. Is he hurting our democracy or helping it? You know, Donald Trump, some people, uh, I, I personally think his policies are right for America. Um, his tone and tenor, obviously, some people love that. Some people hate it. I totally understand that. It's you, not really you, the tone or tenor that I always um, seem to use. But, uh, you know, I think he, uh, if he is our candidate uh, in four years, I think it will be a contrast. I, I certainly appreciate the fact that, you know, he worked uh, for America, secured the borders, and uh, a number of other good policies lowered the tax burden on uh, American families. And so I think that's all a great thing for the American people. Have you ever voted for a Democrat? Um, I probably have never voted for a Democrat ever. Well, it's interesting because... I grew, I grew up in a solid Republican uh, background. That's not to say I'm not a free thinker, Tim, but um, I always uh, gravitate to those people that uh, believe in freedom, lower taxes, and uh, pro-life and pro-Second Amendment. So you would never look seriously at a Democrat. You vote the party, not the person, in other words. Oh, no, I always vote the person, but I always find that uh, those persons align up with uh, the Republican platform. So if Bill Milliken had been on the ballot, you would have voted against him? Oh, no, not at all. I would have voted for Bill Milliken. In fact, I actually remember going to conferences before I was old enough to vote um, and hearing Bill Milliken speak. All right. Shana, you got one? So what is your plan for the Michigan political leadership program? Uh, can you talk to us more about, I guess, what, it, what you're going to be doing with this new position? Well, it's a world-class curriculum, so I hope to really impart, uh, it's a bipartisan, and so I think the goal of the Michigan political leadership is really to uh, bring people together for common solutions. Uh, we live in a very fractured society, and that's not helpful for anyone, especially when you're looking at solutions. So try to bring people together to advance good public policy and uh, so those are my goals, and that aligns, I think, with uh, the, the goals of the MPLP program. I'm, my co-director of the program is Steve Tabachman, who I had a very well-working relationship with in the Democrat House. And uh, I think it uh, is a, a very good program, especially in today's uh, society where you have very people coming, and, and I think... As a, drawing on my experience as an attorney and going into court and arguing cases, I always appreciated it when people didn't take it to a personal level and they argued and stood on their own laurels and the, and the case law and to argue their point rather than to get it very personal. And I think uh, a lot of times today, especially in this uh uh, world that we have of electronic medium is that people get keyboard courage. And I think developing relationships, having a uh, a way to work together, even though you might come from different you know, points of view and different parts of the state, 
you know, their roads and issues of sewers and everything is not a partisan issue. And so I think to develop, you know, to get ourselves off the touch point issues and to figure out how we advance good public policy uh, are, are key goals of the program. Zoe. Senator, um, going back again to this time in the legislature, we won't go all the way back to 93 in term limits, but your time in in the legislature, you did so much It might have been 95, too. (laughs) Um, You did so, so much work with the survivors of um, Larry Nassar. And since uh, that time, we've heard just awful, awful uh, stories about uh, uh, Robert Anderson and the University of Michigan. Do you just feel like there is something institutionally wrong um, right now in society when it just feels like these stories about abuse are continuing? And I'm curious about, you know, what you'd like to continue to do because you were such an advocate in in your time in office. I was an advocate and it is really sad to see, especially to see the length of time. You know, we always have uh, people that are just totally horrendous, but to see the horrendous activity um, or crime committed over many years is just it's amazing in my point. And people um, in power I, I, knowing. And people in power knowing. And that's what I'm wondering, you know, where is a society? Is it a legislative issue? Like, what needs to happen to make this stop? Well, hopefully the fact that the survivors have come through, and I think our society is changing the way we look at it. Um, And so, you know, bringing light to the issue, bringing that it's not appropriate, bringing, uh, you know, just the idea that, you know, our our boundaries, um, I think, have gotten a lot better in society than they were, you know, 10, even five years ago. And so I, I hope that, you know, out of this tragic situation that happened to the numerous uh, survivors of, of both doctors, that um, there is some good that comes out of it in terms of, of that there's more accountability at our universities, that there's more accountability on, on the part of staff, that if you see something, you know, say, you know, stop it. Um, so I, I, ha- I think a lot of good will come out of the fact that there's so much more uh, public uh, uh, you know, knowing Senator, the public knowing. Senator, we're out of time. Did you vote for Tom Limit for Attorney General? Uh, yes. You did. Did you hold your nose when you did it? <laughs> I won't say that, Tim. But. All right. <laughs> Senator, it's great to see you. Good luck on your new assignment. Also, our thanks to uh, Shana and Z and uh, Mr. Live and Good. Uh, Z, have fun out there in Pennsylvania with your good husband. Tell Ricky we said hi. See you next week right, right here on Off the Record production of Off the Record is made possible in part by the following. Business Leaders for Michigan has a strategic plan to make Michigan a top 10 state in the nation for jobs, personal income, and a healthy economy. Learn more at michigansroadtotop10.com. For more Off the Record, visit wkar.org. Michigan public television stations have contributed to the production costs of Off the Record with Tim Skubik.